Um, okay. But it's really fuck. That's it's so fucking funny. Like, so like, that is one way me and Danny just relate to this movie pretty hilariously is just the fact. Oh, that he was the voice of Jesse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Robert, Jesse, Aaron Z, Aaron T, and Ty Young are their names. <laughs> <laughs> I- Welcome back. We got something special. And it's me, Danny. And with me, I have Sam. What up? What up? What up? Whoop, whoop. Whoop, 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 Nick's whoop. not here because we're doing another cinematography episode. Let's go. It's been a hot minute since we've done one of these. Yeah, and if you just and if you listen to this week's newscast, I did mention that we were doing one. So, I'm trying to bring it back. Uh, yeah, gonna want to really want actually want to do more and stuff. And I, I, I'm really serious about bringing Nick on this and making him watch the Terminator movies. And I think like because we brought it we brought it up to Nick like before recording an episode a couple weeks ago. Like, oh yeah, me and Danny are gonna do this. Because me and Danny were like, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, we're going to review this movie. And um, Nick was like, I still got to watch this and this and this. I'm like, dude. Yeah. Because Nick doesn't, Nick has not seen like some very like cultural staple movies. He is such an uncultured swine. The only thing that he (laughs) has seen is Shrek. Yeah. like (laughs) That's it. (laughs) And like, you know, some Marvel movies or all of them. I don't know. Thing and Lord of the Rings, obviously, but like, yeah, he hasn't in some Star Wars. We were talking about Terminator Two, I think, and it was just like, dude. Well, I think from, I think Jeremy told him to watch that, and then you and I were all like, no, you have to watch the first one first. That's right. That's right. Because yeah, Jeremy was like, because like, so Jeremy, who's one of our mods on Discord, shout out, shout out. He's like. Um, his dad kind of brought him up on all that like really awesome stuff you know what I mean so like he knows all those like really sweet classics and he was like man I was re-watching this movie and this movie's sick like and Nick was like I've never seen it and so we all yelled at Nick yeah. and it was really fucking fun yeah. but yeah no <laughs> cinematography we're bringing it back it'll help Nick watch more movies and plus it's fun and this time we're actually doing like a movie review whereas first like the first cinematography was just talking about movies. The last, yeah. the second one we did and was Lethal like, Weapon. <laughs> and Lethal Weapon, yeah. <laughs> and then the second one was just like holiday movies, where this one we're actually doing our first movie review. Yeah, I was so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Hell yeah, dude! What are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Um, so today's EX episode cinematography review is going to be turning red. Yeah, dude. Yes. Like, I have not seen some of the latest Pixar movies. Um, what? But yeah, no, I haven't. Like, I haven't seen um, Onward. Please. Oh, is, Onward is so good. I heard it was really good. Um, it is. I haven't watched Onward, or I, I still haven't even seen the new Incredibles yet. And I still haven't seen. The second one? The second one, yeah, and I haven't seen the the fourth Toy Story, which like 
I heard was. Oh my god, some the fourth one. <laughs> oh my god, I nearly. I think I was depressed for like a week. Dude, people were saying that it was really depressing. Like, yeah, it is. It's so. It's so. I think it's even. I think it's more sad than the third one. And the third one was pretty depressing at the end. Yeah. But in a good way. It was, was like a, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it was like a bittersweet yeah. thing. It was like, oh, like Andy's, you know, handing off his toys to a young another child kind of thing. Like, that's like super sad because it's like, these are Andy's toys and we grew up with Andy's toys. Right. And now he's giving them away because he's going off to college. It's like, oh. Right. But the fourth one, holy shit song. Like the fourth one, uh, like literally, I think like a piece of my heart just like was just like my heart was just ripped out and just torn up into little pieces. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Like if I'm looking, I'm looking at the list right now. I watched, I've seen everything up to Toy Story 3. I didn't watch Brave for some reason. Uh, What? Yeah, I just never did. I don't know why. I just never did. I really want to, though, because I thought the story looked really good. Um, Monsters University, I watched. I liked it. It's... That one's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's pretty funny, but it's... I would have rather had a sequel, which we're getting in a series, I guess. Same. Um, Inside Out, I liked. The Good Dinosaur, skipped it, didn't look that good. Finding Dory. Oh, the good dinosaur is kind of cute. I mean, it's 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 a weak Pixar film, but it's it's cute for what it is. Like, yeah, it's enjoyable. Yeah. Finding Dory, yeah. I watched that one was okay. That one was okay too. I was all like, "And eh, did we really need this? Not really." Uh, I don't care about any of the Cars films. I think they all suck, in my opinion. Um, I mean, they're the the Cars are, is just for your nascar people yeah the first one was cool and then the, the other is like okay whatever the second one was fine i didn't really care for the third one i was like why did we need why do we have a third yep. one? why does this exist coco probably arguably my favorite one because oh my god yeah. coco is my all-time favorite because like culturally for Love me it's it. really good but even for people who can't culturally relate to it it's really good like it just people love it um yeah. and then after i cry every time ev- i cry everything same same everything after that <laughs> Except for- I have not, I have not seen a uh, soul. I really want to see soul. See, I, that's me. I'm the opposite. Everything after Coco, the only ones I've seen are Soul and Turning Red. So, yeah, I haven't seen Soul. I also haven't seen Luca. Luca seemed really lame. I don't know. It looks lame to me. <laughs> like I don't know why. It just does. But like, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Turning Red. We could probably yeah, do a whole. This is a turning red review, yeah. not a Pixar movie. We could probably also, like do a whole we, cinematography thing on just Pixar. We but could probably, yeah. Pixar but Smackdown. We'll do yeah. <laughs> we no, but if we do that, we'd have to watch like all of the ones we haven't seen. The Pixar, yeah. At least, yeah. yeah. Maybe wait yeah. till Lightyear comes out because Lightyear's coming out this summer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, true. But yeah, dude, turning red is so good it's <laughs> i loved it man i, <laughs> I it's so <laughs> it's so like good like um and when i say like if i were to put it like compared to some of the other pixar ones it doesn't um it perhaps doesn't hit you in the feels as much as like maybe 
Coco or or Coco or Wally does maybe. But yeah, like, yeah. But as as a coming of age story, it hits you pretty good because like I don't know. I think anybody can relate to this movie is because I mean everyone is growing up and has horror grown up. It's so it's just definitely like, a coming of age story. I mean, I for sure felt very nostalgic from it because. It's based in the 2000s. Yeah, it takes place in 2002. Yeah. In Toronto, so, Canada, yeah. In Toronto, Canada, yeah. Toronto, Ontario, Which, yeah. that is, uh, I, uh, yeah, um, that's so, it's such a random, like, town to, I, I, I mean, I feel like that's random for me, at least, I guess. It might not be so random for, for someone else. Yeah. So. I think the... But, the director Domi Shi, I think, because like, and the writers, they were that's like where they grew up. I think so. Like they, oh they grew, yeah, yeah. Domi Shi is is Canadian. Yeah, yeah. So that actually makes sense. They grew up yeah. in like the the area where it takes place, which is like there's a Chinese uh, cultural like, there's a Chinese like area there. You know how like yeah certain cities have that area where there's just like um, you know like a, a culture there where it's like like like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like around where I live, there's a there's a whole section of downtown where uh, there's like a bunch of Mexican places, a bunch of Asian places, a bunch of Somalian places. Yeah, yeah we have things like we have neighborhoods like that too. So I I I guess that that's like where the movie takes place. But anyway, let me give you the rundown, and then me and Danny are gonna run just like get in this bitch, okay? Haul ass. We're gonna haul ass. <laughs> <laughs> so this premiered this and i thought this i thought this was going to go in theaters first and then disney plus this actually yeah, just, that's what i thought too they changed it, the it they changed it halfway through i guess so like it it had its world premiere on march 1st in los angeles at the al capitan theater and then released on disney plus on march 11th um with limited runs at the al capitan theater amc empire 25 and the grand lake theater um and then in United Kingdom, they had it at the Showcase Cinema Deluxe. But that being said, um, it was released theatrically in most countries without Disney+. Plus. Um, but uh, yeah, Turning Red takes place in Toronto, Ontario in Canada in 2002. And it follows Maylin Lee, or May, a 13-year-old Chinese-Canadian student, due to a hereditary curse, transforms into a giant red panda when she expresses any strong emotion. Inspired by Xi's experience growing up in Toronto, the film began in 2018 after she pitched it to Pixar in 2017. It is the first Pixar film solely directed by a woman and the second to feature an Asian lead character after Up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Uh, and, like, let's see. Its runtime is 99 minutes. Its budget was $175 million, And... It made eleven point one million box office, but those numbers do not account for the amount of views and amount of Disney Plus subs. Stream, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why that number looks really bad. Um, but it's actually has been critically acclaimed. So um, you got to keep that in mind when we're when we're doing future cinematography episodes. We have to like keep in mind when we're reading that that like some things went straight to like HBO Max and Disney Plus and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the produced by Lindsay Collins uh, story is by Domi Shi, Julia Cho, and Sarah Streaker. Uh, screenplay by Julia Cho and Domi Shi, directed by Domi Shi. Um, 
Cinematography by Mayar Abusadi, Jonathan Pitko, <laughs> edited by Nicholas C. Smith and Steve Bloom, um, which I, be, I believe Steve Bloom is a pretty, like, he does a lot of Pixar stuff. Um, music by Ludwig Goransson and music also written by Billie Eilish and Phineas. Yes, um, I was about to say that. Yeah, they did the uh, the boys band, the boy band music is what they did. Yeah, Four Town, Four Town. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and then obviously distributed by Walt Disney Pictures, done at Pixar Animation and Studios. Pixar Animation Studios. Yeah. And uh, yeah, dude. It, it, uh, starring Rosalie Chang, Sandro, Ava Morse, Hien Park, Metria, Rummer, Krishnan, Orion Lee, Wai Ching Ho, Tristan Alaric Chen, and my main man, my uncle James yeah. Hong. Let's <laughs> James fucking go, Hong. dude. <laughs> he's not really my uncle. Just every Asian I know calls him that because he's my he's like he's uncle he's Uncle James. Like he's Uncle James. He's literally been acting like for the past fifty Forever. fucking years. Yeah, he's. He's fucking amazing. Ninety three. He's ninety three years old. Yeah, or actually past the past seventy some years. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, yeah, dude. So, turning red man. Okay, so I think one of the things that me and Danny love about it the most is you know me and Danny are like nineties kids, right? So we're like we grew up in the nineties, but are like two thousands kids, right? So like our coming coming of age is in the two thousands. Was around the same time, like. Like, yeah. Malin was 13 in 2002. Me and Danny were, like, 12. 12. In 2002. So, like, you know, the the boy band craze was was for real. Like, it was absolutely yeah. real. And so the the <laughs> what the main synopsis, the synopsis I read, what, the, what that part doesn't tell you is that the basic, the basic synopsis, uh, besides the curse, is May, along with her three best friends, her friend group, are trying to get tickets to go to Fortown. And, um, uh, you know, May is like a straight A student, right? She gets all good grades. She does, uh, flute practice. Um, she does all these extracurriculars to make her mom proud. And she also helps at the, at the temple and everything. And, but she also is like a 13 year old girl who likes 13 year old girl things in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. For town, uh, you know. Uh, boys, she's starting to like boys and things like that. And her mom is like, oh, I don't know what, what ki- kids are not dedicated nowadays. They just like all this w- crazy stuff like Fort Town and this and that. And yeah, she's, she, her mom just doesn't understand. And, you know, it's like, why are they called Fort Town when there's five of them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally do. Like when they came on the screen and I was like, wait, why is it a boy band with five of them, but they're called Four Town? Four Town. And then literally right after she says that, and me and Trisha <laughs> laugh so hard. But, like, um, yeah, it was funny, dude. I And, like, so, like, if you were, and I'm I'm probably where me and Danny are dating ourselves probably. But, like, in 2002, <laughs> the, 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 the boy band craze was huge. It probably was, like, at the beginning of its decline at that point. Um, maybe. Yeah. Because, uh, uh, hang on, let me see something. Maybe like 0405, but yeah, yeah, yeah. NSYNC. When did, because like NSYNC's... Um... It was in, the main, like, I mean, there were a lot of boy bands. There was NSYNC, there was Backstreet Boys, there was 98 Degrees. O-Town. O-Town. Um, I want to see, I'm just... Five. Okay. There was five. Um, 
So between 2001 and 2002 was their hiatus because the group's third album, this is in sync, by the way, the group's third album, uh, Celebrity, released on July 24th, 2001, um, which produced the three singles, Pop, Gone, and Girlfriend. So, um, but I remember that Celebrity was pretty much NSYNC's last album because then they started to go on, like they started breaking up. They started doing their own things, so, yeah. They start, yeah. Justin started doing his his own thing. JC, yeah, yeah. JC tried to do his own solo career, but that ended up not happening. Yeah, because his lyrics um, were all like really gross. Like, <laughs> like it was just weird. He uh, JC was definitely more of a choreographer yeah, versus yeah. a singer. Um, and then Lance tried to be an astronaut. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joey Fatone um, wanted to be like in movies. He like wanted to be like in more yeah. movies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chris, uh, he went into voice acting and he was freaking, um, what's his Chip name? Skylark. Chip Skylark in our family odd parents. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. It's but I mean, me. Backstreet Boys are you. still going strong. I can't I believe they're still. I don't like Backstreet They're now. still doing. I'm team sync all the way. Fuck y'all. I mean, I've, I've, I like them both, but I was definitely no, at the time. You gotta pick no, one. listen, at the time <laughs> when they came out, when the both, when both of them came out, I was more team NSYNC. I actually went to go see NSYNC live. That's awesome. So I was definitely team NSYNC for sure see, during the, 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 the band, the boy band feud. I was a very, very insecure trans girl as a kid because like you know as a boy back then i was like oh this Mm -hmm. is a really girly thing uh i better not tell anyone i like it so i never did although i'm sure if i like was not ashamed of it i would have definitely liked to have gone see them when i was younger but that is you i'm like hearing that now i'm like super jealous like i'm jealous that you saw them that's awesome it was it was a lot of fun. Speaking of which, so. um, Billy, you know, Billy Eilish and Phineas, her brother Phineas, were tasked with uh, writing the music for Four Town, and they did such a good job. Like they did such a good job of like, yeah, definitely portraying that stereotypical boy band, um, freaking like. The sounds, <laughs> like the the sounds, and like when <laughs> the slow motion of like when <laughs> when they when they came on, or like even their music video, whatever, and the girls just like go, oh my god, yeah, they yeah. just start going like all gaga over them, which is funny because Phineas actually voices one of the the people, I guess, like one of the bo- the the four town. Oh, one of the boys, yeah. Which makes sense because I believe it's his like voice that it is like in a lot of the, the their songs, you know. Um, okay. But it's really fuck. That's it's so fucking funny. Like so, like that is one way me and Danny just relate to this movie pretty hilariously is just the fact. Oh, that he was the voice of Jesse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Robert, Jesse, Aaron Z, Aaron T, and Ty Young are their <laughs> names. <laughs> I swear, I feel like that they they mixed 
so they did boy bands, okay? But I feel like those names kind of are a little inspiration of the Spice Girls because you know how there was two Me- Melanies in the Spice Girls. There was Mel B and Mel C. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Scary and Baby, right? No. Uh, scary and Sporty. Scary and Sporty. That's right, that's right. Yeah. I love Mel B, by the way. Mel B is... Mel C was my... She's hilarious. Was my girl. Yeah, dude. Um, But yeah, very good. Like, if... So, like, if that wasn't enough, right, to capture the 2000s, the, they, the early 2000s, they got, like, the fashion down, um, and, like... As, oh, my God. Even, have they got the fashion Even down. the mom, her mom, uh, uh, Ming... Mingli, her mom's like hairstyle and the, like the suits that she wears, mm. like and the shoulder pads. The sh- <laughs> ja- so James watched it with me. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. and he he made a comment on on Ming's uh, blazer, and he's all like, "Holy shit! Like she got some sharp shoulders." I'm all like, "Yeah, the shoulder pads." That was the that was part of it. Like that was the, that was the look. Like you had to have the. <laughs> The shoulder pads in the suit to give you more, like you know, um. But yeah, it was it was super funny. It was super funny, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, May has like uh, what the what it's it is a tamagotchi, but that's not what it's called in the movie, obviously. Yeah, but like she has yeah. a, you know, uh, she has a she has a Walkman. Oh, yeah, she's got she, a. Walk- she literally bedazzled her flute with like stickers because that I did that too. Oh, that's and <laughs> I literally that's right. like bedazzled like I put stickers all over my flute case. Yeah, yeah, and everything. Um, the one of the girls like when when May turns into the red panda in the bathroom. Um, one of the girls had the freaking butterfly hair clips. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Dude. Like I saw those, I was all, I was having nightmares. It's like, oh no, I'm having flashbacks. And also, like, like the 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 over overuse of them saying OMG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny, dude. Um, but yeah, like like aside from the setting, which I think me and Danny could probably go on about for fucking the whole podcast forever. Um, basically, so, like I said, May is, she's a 13-year-old girl, okay? She's a, she's a, and it's hard for me to relate in that sense. I can relate in other ways, but not, not in a, I didn't, I didn't grow up as a girl. You know what I mean? Like, um, I presented as a boy most of my life, so, um, but I, I mean, the boy crazy part, the getting horny for things that you don't know you're going to get horny for. And puberty was very awkward for me. Um, I mean, I feel like puberty for anybody, regardless right. of gender, is awkward. Right. And because because I can definitely I, I'm I can definitely relate to that whole thing, especially when it comes to puberty and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so, like Ming. Like, you know, it's like, this is like a Chinese-Canadian family, right? So um, what Domi Shi, I think, is what they're writing here is kind of like 
how her life well like how she grew up yeah like well because and i know a couple of of, i had a couple of chinese friends whose parents were kind of the same way or who's even just their mom was kind of the same way Mm -hmm. and me as an asian american half an asian american i can't relate to to that very well because my dad was not like that my dad was like a buddhist monk right so he was kind of just like Hey, do whatever makes you happy. I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, (laughs) I couldn't relate to that part as much. But, like, not that that matters. But, like, the growing up part, um, or when I say not that that matters, I mean for me. Um, But, like, the growing up part, definitely. Like, and so basically what triggers the fucking panda is uh, May starts, like, drawing these, like, little drawings of her making out with the the store clerk guy who's like 16 years old 17 years old yeah because she's look girls do that okay like you we i have plenty of drawings that were very inappropriate that i drew when i was 13 14 years old (laughs) especially like when i was drawing when i was learning to draw manga and stuff you know and it's really weird because there was this weird like controversy that turning red caused with that and because so like the next day she wakes up as the panda and her mom thinks it's her period so she's like breaking out all these pads and yeah she had like this entire box and everything she's like don't worry may may i got you i have everything i came prepared for this yeah yeah she's like and her mom and and may's just all like uh no i'm okay and you know she like just barges into the bathroom with all the pads ibuprofen and yeah all this other stuff might all and i guess i get and of course it's that these are the same people who get upset about like it's all the fucking conservative people <laughs> and everything. I, I, I didn't want to so say funny. it, but like, yeah. it's so, no. I'm gonna fucking say it because <laughs> it's all those freaking naysayers. Fucking like they get offended over the Starbucks cups, you know. Bigoted, <laughs> mo- like they get pissed off that they're all like, "Why is this called a grande? It's not a grande. Grande means big." Like <laughs> all. The- like it's like okay karen relax okay this is 2002 okay this isn't 1950s where like the minute you talk about like having your fucking period is like fucking taboo like well taboo and, and, think, and everything and i think and, what you just said this there was really important right because in 2002 we were 12 right so like fifth sixth grade mm-hmm. seventh grade that was around yeah. the time they started inserting um sex ed sections in, uh-huh. in school and yeah. i remember yeah. being like 11 t- 11 12 and 13 where we had um my first year of junior high school the first semester we had a health class and one whole section for a week was like the reproductive system uh in a penis and in a in in a in a uterus and shit right and we were yeah talking yeah. about all that stuff it didn't matter if like what gender you were in the class, we were going to fucking talk about it so everyone could, you know, learn about it. And it's like, right now we're watching this movie in 2022 and you're literally complaining about your kid learning about periods? Like... Yeah. Your kid's going to fucking yeah. know. Like, they're going to fuck. Yeah. Out. It's like, it's like, okay, you know, uh, I, I was I was reading, before we started, I was reading an article because James mentioned it to me before we started watching um because he was telling me he's all like oh isn't this the movie about periods i'm like what are you talking about like 
This is about a girl who turns into a red panda. Like, this isn't about periods and stuff. And because I asked, I asked James to to look for the movie for me. Um, and when he looked at it, he's like, "Oh, this is the this is the the movie about you know periods." And all the freaking conservative bitches are are saying that this is irrelevant and you know it shouldn't be talked about um, because of all like the hidden mes- messages that. Um, turning red is uh using uh to talk about periods and it's all like it's always that one fucking person which is all like don't don't want like your kids watch this because this isn't, isn't christian values then it's all like like okay everyone has a penis everyone has a vagina and everyone's got you boobs. have to everyone's got everyone has boobs everyone like, has hair Everyone's got parts in their body that work for certain things, and your kid's going to find out about it anyway. Like, <laughs> why not have a, a, a children's entertainment film teach you about it in this way? What's wrong with that? Right. Yeah. Show me what yeah. 12-year-old, you know, vagina owner doesn't know about periods. There are some right? kids who get their periods at, like, 10. You know, like, what are you going to do? Like you can't stop it. It's the yeah. fucking world, dude. Like Here, here's a here's a tweet that I just found on this article. Um, it's in quotations. Uh, Turning red is cr- is cringe because thirteen year old girls don't. Let me stop you right there. When I was thirteen, I wrote a story about how Lego Legos fell in love with me. Oh, some. I can't. Le- oh, Legolas from yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. Legolas, Legolas fell in love with me, and how I went. How I went to Middle Earth and then uh, Aragorn uh, also fell in love with me. We are cringe. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there, I will tell you, okay? So, in, so around this time, Fruits Basket actually came out, okay? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, uh, fanfiction.net. Oh, yeah. like there was like a lot of things on that website okay and i actually read a fanfic about kyo and yuki actually falling in love <laughs> so like and you're like oh my god this is hot <laughs> this is hot yeah that was like my first I- yaoi experience Dude, you're going through you're going through the changes <laughs> man you're starting to get horny for boys you're starting to get you know what i mean like <laughs> That's just what happens. Like even That's literally what happens when you're 12, 13. Like you're and and honestly, I'm going to be honest. Um thir- 12, 13 is when I started experiencing, you know, like what sexual arousal is and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was I was experiencing all those things and like a lot of these conservative parents are re- like they're so closed-minded and it's all like listen honey uh i understand you're christian you go to church every sunday but like you were like you wouldn't have had your child until unless you had sex well also so you gotta <laughs> sex education is important because then that just gives kids more information on whether to have it or not and they can make right. the, they can make the smart decision to be like, no, I'm gonna wait. No, I'm gonna use. I'm gonna use protection. Yes, protection. I'm gonna get yeah. this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're you're really what you're doing is just making it worse. 
You know what I mean? So it's just like when I saw people, I'm, I'm like, I can't believe we're still having this conversation in 2022 about yeah. this girl being boy crazy and potentially getting her period, albeit not really. She just got her curse or whatever, the red panda. But still, it's just like, why are we still having this convo? So fucking dumb. You know what yeah. I mean? Grow up. Yeah. Like, yeah, grow up for real. I also, I mean, I didn't read it, but I saw, like, an article headline saying that, like, conservative white men are mad about this movie because it doesn't relate to them. And it's okay. like, <laughs> it's not targeting towards you, you yeah. fucking ass. Which is funny because, like, <laughs> I, you know, obviously we're at the edge now where we have friends who are parents, right? And, you know, I have a couple friends who have boys, who they're boy moms, you know, and... They love the movie. They're white boys yeah. who love the movie because they can relate to it because they're kids growing up. Like, that's what it is. Like, like even, even like, relating to May and the fact that, like, she's getting boy crazy, it doesn't matter that it's a girl getting crazy about a boy. You know, it's it's the same thing as you when you were 12 or 13 getting crazy about someone of the same gender or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I you yeah. can relate to it that way as well. And it's just, like, it's so fucking weird, man. It's People are weird. Like, it's like, you can still enjoy it regardless. It's so fucking weird. But people don't want to. They want to be outraged about something. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that one person that is literally just going to bitch about something because they have nothing better to do. And it's, and, and they, and makes it, and people write articles on it and they make it seem like it's a lot of people saying it. And it's like two people saying it. Yeah. They're just the loudest because they're fucking dumb. You know what I mean? So like. And we're probably not helping by talking about it now. But like at the same I mean, at, at the same time cares? at the same time it's like we're just talking about it because we're just free, free, we're just free balling here. But like at the same time it's kind of weird that a Pixar movie this innocent and this cute where there's there's not really like it's cool because like the villain in this movie is not really a villain. The villain in yeah. the movie is just growing up and parental parents' expectations of you. And, you know, the pressure put on you as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, that's the villain, right? Yeah. And yeah. we finally get a, a, a kid's movie where kids can relate to it. And people still find something to be outraged about. And it's just mm-hmm. like. And it's, I feel like there are definitely, like, there are just. that That's just going to happen regardless, no matter what. Oh, yeah, no. The Dungeons and Dragons movie that's coming out in a couple years, somebody's going to bitch about that. Like, oh, why didn't the elf have a nose ring? Because they were from the region of Lahandahar, and they didn't fight a dragon with scales pointing the right way. (laughs) There's some bullshit like that. You know what I mean? It's always going to be somebody, (laughs) you know, bitching about something dumb. Yeah. Aside from all that nonsense. Aside from the controversy, controversies. There are some really, like, great things about this movie. Like, what inspired Domishi to make this movie? Um, Yeah, yeah, I want to hear about that. And and what, like, a couple of them, I mean, this one article that I found on Polygon is uh, four classic anime that inspired Turning Red. So, um... I'm not going to go like too in depth, but the four that inspired her was Sailor Moon, Ron Mahaff, uh, Fruits Basket, 
and Inuyasha. So basically, all the movies or all the anime that made me trans and all the move all the anime that made you boy crazy. Yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but they're all female written material. Yeah, dude, Rumiko Takahashi <laughs> and fucking uh, Natsuki Takeya's fucking mm-hmm. yeah, dude, so so good. And um, oh shit, what the hell is her name? Nako Takeuchi. Yes, not yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like literally and and like it says like it's no surprise that she cites Sailor Moon as one of the key inspirations behind turning red behind turning red's art style. Uh la la la, la uh heroine, a magical girl. Uh we were really inspired by the pastels and the dreaminess of the night of the nighttime. Uh, of the nightscapes, uh, she explains, uh, citing the 1992 series soft color palette uh, as an influence on the overall look and feel of the of the film. So that not only that, um, but like Nako Takeichi, like one of the main reasons she wrote Sailor Moon is because she was like, I wanted to write about a girl who had friends that I that I wish I had. No, that's not true. Oh, that wasn't true. No. That's not that that so Was that taken out of that context? photo that 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 quote that I know exactly what you're talking about. That is not true. That is a false um, a false statement. That was taken out not, of context or is just not. Yeah. Not ever said? No, it was it was never said like it. Um, Nako Takauchi, she never really did a lot of interviews, at least to my recollection. And she never said that. There, there, are, there is no evidence that she said that. Oh, okay. So someone, someone probably just made it up and ran with it. It, yeah, yeah. And it just, it, it, it just like flooded Twitter and everything like that. That's good to know. I will so. stop saying that. But what? But even more so, right? The the friendship between May and her three friends in this, uh, uh, in this movie, are very reminiscent of. Like the Sailor Scouts and even um, yeah, even uh, Toru and her two friends in yeah in uh, Fruits Basket, and it doesn't yeah. surprise me at all that Domi she is a fucking weeb because obviously a lot of Asians <laughs> are, but like <laughs> you know like <laughs> well so I mean she so she did do like a little kind of like interview not like interview but like she chatted with Mamoru Mamoru uh, Hasoda. And yeah, I, always, I did. Watch, I always love those like actor to actor, director to director interviews where they just kind of yeah ask each other shit. Like that's super cool. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did watch it. I didn't watch all of it because I was on the downside. Like the video that I found it that I found on the article, um, Mamoru does not have English subtitles, so I couldn't really understand what he was talking about. And I and that is the one person that I totally want to know what he's saying. So, but Domi, she, I mean, she's speaking in English and everything. So, um, and she actually said that when she was growing up, um, the whole coming of age anime, she couldn't really relate to that because she actually did not get into anime until she was in college because she had those, the strict parents. And so she wasn't allowed to really watch a whole lot of things. So yeah. I thought I found that kind of interesting and everything like that. So, yeah, 
Um, yeah, even when you turn on the closed caption on YouTube, it's not, it doesn't provide. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really translate any of Hasoda's Mm -hmm. talking time on on it, unfortunately. You could probably find a transcript of it. But, like, yeah, that was really cool. I always love when directors do that. Um, just, like, culturally, uh, being culturally Asian, the movie centers on a Chinese-Canadian character. I think it was really cool for... Asian viewers, regardless of what country, you know, J- Japan, China, and whichever, um, you know, it, it just like she pulled from so many aspects, right? She pulled from mm-hmm. anime, which is Japanese, and she pulled from obviously her Chinese upbringing and other things like that. And one of May's friends is Korean. So like, which is really cool because like her four friends is, I love the diversity of her friends. Yeah, like it's a it's a it's a white girl who's kind of a tomboy, and um, I, that that was totally me. Not with braces or anything, but I was definitely like I I related to Miriam a lot. You had like the flannel and the the, the chains. Yeah, and, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there was a there was an Indian girl Priya who was like into like like vampire novels and goth stuff. Deadpan. Deadpan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Abby, who was the 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 Korean girl, Korean, yeah, and and each of the voice actors are their respective. Like there's Ava Ava Morse who plays Miriam, Matriya Ramakrishnan who plays Priya, and then Hian Park played Abby Park. And aside from the diversity, her friends, man, they were great. Those are the kind of friends you need. Like like yeah, honestly, so good. Like, like especially especially when you know May turned into the panda and she like in the beginning of the movie when she couldn't really control her emotions and stuff, mm-hmm. um and she was home and everything and like her parents kind of took out all of her belongings because they didn't want her like destroying them and stuff, so she was just lying on the floor and everything and her her three friends were like knocking on the door and, and she was like trying to calm herself so that like she didn't show them the panda and stuff. But when they came inside and like, she kind of got excited, she turned into the panda and they're like, they freaked out a little bit and they're all like, you're so cute. They had the freaking like dewy anime eyes and everything. And I think that's a, that's a good, this is a good, place to talk about like the the main part of the movie which is um and and again it just kind of worked out that way because like uh it's not it's not really it's not relocated just to chinese american and chinese canadian parents who put pressure on their kids like this um you know because it can be it can be a lot of parents who it do can it. be anybody yeah, yeah. i but mean like, i definitely had a friend who like she wasn't um, Chinese or any sort of um, Asian, her, her, you know, she didn't really have any Asian her- heritage in her, but she was Hispanic. And but her mom was very diligent on, you know, making sure that she got good grades and everything like that. Yeah, my mom is Mexican as fuck. And she was very much like she was very much like, you need to become an accountant, you know, whatever. But like, um, you know, it could also be, you know, a, a, a white parents who want their kid to play football and get a scholarship, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, but it's just, my mom was not like, that. but like just to, God. yeah. And, and, but just to point out the stereotype, because it kind of 
does happen a lot with Chinese-American and Chinese-Canadian parents where they put a lot of pressure on their kids to do all this extra stuff, to play the violin, to play piano, whatever. And so, like, the, the big the big part about this was May is going through these changes, right? Then they tell her about the curse, and she's like, you fucking had this curse thing about her yeah. family the whole time and, like, whatever, right? You didn't tell me. And it's 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 really hard for her to control the panda, right? And now she's really stressed out because now, like, okay, now i got to deal with this family curse. I wanted to go to the Four Town concert, but now I probably can't because I'm a fucking panda, you know? Yeah. Um, And then it's actually her friends who are, like, yeah, they're trying to tell helped. her, like, dude, you got to chill. Like, you got to relax, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. And it's actually her friends who help her able to control it so well that she's able to be, like, back and forth you know like yeah and it's it's her friends that make it so like she can actually like turn to the panda at will turn back control her emotions and not and but here's the great part about it though because when it got kind of partway through it i was kind of like but you know like you should be able to just show emotion if you need to right like that's right i I don't really like this message but then as the movie went on it kind of she kind of points that out she's like but now, like, if I'm boy crazy, I'm boy crazy. If I'm mad, I should be mad. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. because because she was not telling her mom what she needed from her as a parent. She wasn't telling her mom, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to. I like Four Town. Okay. I don't. Yeah. I, she was just afraid. Like, it's, it's on. I mean. Yeah, and I'm kind of painting it like Ming is a bad mom, but that's not what it was at all. Yeah, but it's not. It's because Ming was an overprotective mom. And I think, honestly, we all have that. Like, I know for sure my mom was was slightly, not like overly protected like Ming, but my mom was definitely protective of me because I'm my mom's only kid. So... And there were things that I wasn't allowed to do. I mean, my mom definitely gave me the freedom when I was growing up and stuff like but I still had a curfew you know and everything so and there are things especially at 13 you know you don't you don't want to disappoint your parents at least I didn't really want to disappoint my mom in certain things so Mm -hmm. um I mean I definitely as a kid I struggled with you know with learning so i i struggled with reading and i struggled with math and everything and i actually got held back um in second grade because reading would just did not comprehend with my brain and everything like that so anytime a te- like i brought home a test and it was like a 40 or something i'll be like hey mom that's good right and my mom was all like yes honey but maybe for you <laughs> Which, like, let me point out to you, by the way, right? Because I have learning disabilities as well. Back then, when me and Danny were going to school, they did not cater to those things. They just held us back. Yeah. And which was bullcrap. It wasn't until I went into an alternative high school in my senior year, halfway through the semester, I transferred to an alternative high school, where I was learning exactly how I needed to learn and being taught exactly how I needed to be taught to be successful. And I ended up retaining information. I learned about credit cards. I learned about bank accounts. Like, it was great. And, like, had they had done that to me and Danny when we were kids, it would have been so much easier. And, like, 
yeah, the education system back then was kind of bullcrap. And I think, like, the thing about Ming was, yeah, she wasn't, she was, and I'm, I'm, when I was explaining it earlier, I was kind of painting her like she was a bad mom. But that's not what it was at all. Because some of it was also, like, May didn't tell her what she needed. And yeah. it, I'm sure if May Because, had, again, May was, like, afraid because, you know, she didn't want her mom yelling at her. And right. over, and, you know, overstepping certain things like especially with the whole you know drawings and everything like she like when she saw those drawings like she kind of you know she freaked out and blamed it all on the kid the guy yeah yeah she didn't she didn't sit down and and like ask ming oh or sorry ask may about these drawings like you know she just literally blamed devin and literally like ripped out all those pages literally drove to the convenience store and told devin that it was his fault and like she was literally painting devin the you know um the accuser and like may as the victim which that literally was not the case yeah she was like she's 13 like whatever you know and and it's like he didn't even know what was happening. He was like, "Yeah, I don't even yeah. know what you're talking about." You know what I mean? Like she yeah. didn't. He didn't know that May and her friends would like gush over him as they walked home from school and things yeah. like that. And but that's and I think that's kind of where the communication breakdown is between parents who put pressure on their kids and things like that, right? Like because Ming is the kind of character who like could have related to May more had May just sat down with her and been like okay, mom, listen, like, I don't want to do this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I I need yeah. this from you and you're giving me this. And Ming absolutely, being the caring mom that she was, she would have done that for her. But May was too afraid to speak up because of it. So it's kind of like, I don't want to necessarily say it's May, all May's fault or all Ming's fault or whatever, but it was just like a communication breakdown between a parent's, you know, unknowingly, not on purpose, putting pressure on May and May not having enough, like, kind of courage to, like, let her emotion show and say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And what, lo and behold, guess what happens? You turn into a fucking panda. Fucking panda. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by like, by the way, the art style that they use for these characters translates to the design of the red panda so well. Like, the red, when whenever May was the panda on screen, I was just like, it was the greatest thing ever. It was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't care what the, how the rest of this movie goes. 10 out of 10. Red Panda. <laughs> and it was funny because, like, there was, so after the first night she, the first day she wakes up as the Red Panda, right? Um, she, she tries to control it over the weekend. And then she goes to school the next day or whatever. And she actually turns, it's like one of the first scenes that the trailer, the original trailer shows. Mm-hmm. She turns into the Panda at school and is running home. And when she gets frightened by, like, a couple walking down an alley, her arms go up. Her arms go up. And that's what red pandas do when you scare them. Their arms go up, like, <laughs> like a cop is going, freeze, their arms go up like that. And They're so cute. It was really cute when May would, like, get scared and she her arms would, like, <laughs> just go up. But it was funny because, like, and I want to, like, bring it back to that one scene you talked about when we were talking about her friends. Um and they're like, we love you no matter what. We got you, you know, and that was how she turned back because it turns out yeah. that it was her friends that calmed her down because her friends allowed her to be whatever she wanted to be and they loved her regardless. Right, right. They didn't judge her 
you know, because she turned, like, you know, they didn't call her a freak because she turned into a panda and stuff like they that. They didn't call it a curse. They didn't, like, pressure her to get straight A's, pressure her to be this, this overachiever and whatever. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't they didn't get mad at her when she showed emotion about anything. And so, like, they're, yeah. they're trying to come up with this scheme, right, to, like, raise money to go to the Four Town concert because each ticket is, like, two $300. 200 bucks. 200 which, yeah. That is fucking crazy. Which, like, if you think about it, like, I wonder how much in-sync tickets were back then. Do you know how much they were back then? Since I don't remember because I, I know my mom bought them. So right, like, I don't think they were that. I don't think they were that much. I don't know. Because I, I know even, I know. like, even when I was in high school and people wanted to go see Lady Gaga, those tickets were, like, $300. But, like, yeah. um, so, that, I don't know. Yeah, it kind of made sense to I'm me. I'm pretty sure they were expensive, but, I mean. 200 is I, like I would probably, yeah, I would probably say maybe, like, concert tickets back in 2002, depending on the seating. And the artist um, or whatever. Because you also have to remember, like, seating is definitely, like, so if you want, if you, if you want floor ground tickets, that's for sure 200 bucks right there. Right. 200 to 500 dollars. You're closer to the stage, yeah. 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 So, but, like, if you're more higher up, I would say maybe, like, it would range between, like, 80 to 100 bucks. Maybe two hundred, maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. So, okay, but yeah, um, yeah. So they're like scheming, right? And they're okay. So we had to do this and do this and do this, right? And then they're trying to think of a plan. And while they're coming up with ideas, Abby's like, "Okay, but you know what? I can't think really well, but I know it will help <laughs> me think really well. I need some red panda hugs." And May was like, "Dude, are you fucking serious?" And she's like, "Yeah, just turn into the panda once and hug me." And then she, so, like, they hug each other, and then May tries really hard to think about stuff that, like, makes her kind of arouse or amorous, and she turns into the panda because she gets excited, and then it works, and then she's, like, in turn, now she's helping her friends, you know, by being the panda. So now she doesn't feel so ashamed about being a panda, and, yeah, that was super funny, which, like, yeah, which I can relate to in a weird way. Here's why. So, Mario, right? <laughs> oh, boy. He, Mario has made a couple furry costumes. And one of the first ones he ever made was a realistic one. So, like, the it was like a wolf. And, um, you know, it didn't have the big, like, furry anime eyes like how they normally look. You know, it was like a realistic looking wolf. And whenever he had it on, I was like, can you just, like, hold me for, like, a minute? You know, like, he's, like, because oh there was one time where I was helping him take pictures once, and he he was, like, in the costume, and I was, like, all right, just let me, let me just squeeze you right in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cold outside, so I was, like, feeling it, you know? I was, like, mm. But, yeah, no, hugging a big furry thing like that is, like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. It's fucking Face Johnson furries. Like, I just, like... I just wanted to be Abby so bad in that scene. I was like, "Oh my god!" Just <laughs> hugging a big red panda, but like it was, it was really cool. Like, and and that was part of it too, right? Like, because May didn't, like May had to like convince her mom that she had her shit under control, right? Yeah. And she would, she kind of lied and told her mom like, "Oh, I just think of, you know, you and and dad and the love all you give me, and I'm able to calm down." When really. 
what she was thinking of is she was thinking of how much her friends care about her and that's what mm-hmm. that's what helped yeah. her control yeah. her. And that's just like another thing right there. It's like you're not telling her you're not telling her what you need, you know, and um there's just like the pressures of growing up, dude. Yeah. You know, from expecting parents and it's just like um I don't think my mom so like like I mentioned earlier, my mom was kind of like that, you know, and I think she the, a lot of the things that she ever recommended to me in life were never because that's what she wanted me to do. It's things that she wanted for me, if that makes sense. Right. So like um, accountants and doctors and lawyers and shit, they make a lot of money. Right. And um, so she had said that, like, you should be an accountant or you should be this. Right. But it was funny because on the other side of that, she would always nurture my like artistic abilities. She would always like buy me sketchbooks and things like that. And when I told her, mom, I want to make comics. Like I want to be an artist for a living. She didn't really like get disappointed or anything, but she was kind of just like, she always also would say like, oh, I think you should be an entertainer because you're funny. Like you are extroverted. You're funny. You can be funny, whatever. And Mm -hmm. you should always, you should be a comedian or an actor and entertainer. And like when I was in theater, I was funny on stage, right? So she always, like she wanted to like, she wanted me to like apply to like art schools around the country. Like she wanted me to apply to Juilliards and stuff, which like would have sucked because then me and her would have had to move to New York. Um, But like, and plus I don't think I would have been able to get into that shit. Are you kidding me? But like, I mean, it's, it's fucking hard. Trust me. (laughs) No. Yeah. Like I think even Robin Williams got like rejected first two times, but like, yeah, no, I don't know why my mom thought I could do that, but like, um, it, it, her expectations of me didn't put, really put that much pressure on me anyway. But like, I think it's kind of funny that she always thought I should be an entertainer of some kind because now doing the podcast, I feel like I am, you know, so that's like, a form of entertainment. So, you know, right. And I don't know if she realizes it because, you know, podcasting is not something that she, you know, she doesn't listen to podcasts, you know? Yeah. But like I mean, my mom doesn't either. So, but like, I think it's kind of funny that like, I've now turned around and done that. You know, it's like, hey, yeah, like I, I'm doing the thing you want me to do because I'm making people laugh and yeah. whatever, yelling yeah. at Nick and Danny, whatever, every week. <laughs> but anyway, that's kind of how I related to the movie. Um, aside from the growing up parts, but yeah, um, I'll let you give your your favorite moments and how you related to it, and then we can like do final thoughts or whatever if you want. Yeah. But. Um, I mean, my, I, I would say, like, I definitely couldn't relate on a personal level being as they were Asian, um, you know, Chinese Canadian and stuff like that. So the whole, again, like, overly protective parent, making sure you have good grades, all this kind of stuff, not letting, not really, like, letting May hang out with her friends because her Ming definitely spoke really ill about Miriam especially so um and I think there were even at that birthday party you know when um May kind of really had like had her um breaking point where she was kind of like beating up Tyler and stuff and everything and that whole party kind of like so like okay everyone go home and Ming picked up May and stuff and 
you know, there was that time where May thought she was going to, Ming was going to yell at her, but Ming really walked right past May, went up to Miriam, Priya, and Abby, and was all, and, and literally pointed to Miriam and said, this is your fault. Like, you put her up to this and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, she blamed them right away like she did with the, the guy, the kid, Devin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, that whole thing was definitely like a low blow, like, whoa. Like, you, first of all, that kind of thing, my mom would never do that. Like, if I did something bad, um, especially at school or something like that, um, and the principal would call her. Uh, by the way, okay, so here's this little little tidbit story. In school, um, a boy was picking on me, and I told him he took. I told him to leave me alone, and he wouldn't leave me alone. And he took my notebook, and I asked him to give it back, but he wouldn't. So I grabbed his um, like track jacket. I yanked it grabbed my notebook and I actually yanked his his jacket pretty hard and I ripped a piece of it off um oh, and so shit. he was mad he was mad about it and he told his mom and the his mom called the school and so the principal called my mom and um and the principal told and now mind you the principal of my elementary school knows my mom so and so like kind of like kind of outside of school she kind of knew her like, yeah yeah so and and the principal was all like so this is what happened and so my mom goes okay well that like you can bring her down to the office but i'm not talking to anybody else until i speak to danielle so right straight to the source yeah yeah like i want to hear her side of the story so, and I told my mom what happened, and she's all like, okay. And so even though I was at fault and I, ro- and I broke something, it was still the boy's fault because he was picking on me. And his, his jacket wouldn't have been ripped if he, if he didn't pick on me. It literally would not so, have gotten to that point if he wasn't fucking with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the moral of the story, my mom, like, was talking to his mom, and my mom flat out told the woman, like, listen, I'm not going to pay full price for the jacket. I'm going to pay half because if your son wasn't picking on her, this wouldn't have happened. Exactly. So, and the boy's mom was not happy about that. (laughs) Well, suck eggs, lady. Like, teach your son to stop picking on girls. So... But yeah, yeah. So like that's how my mom is. But I uh, on I would say honestly, like for the record, my parents would have never done that either. Yeah, they would not yeah. have automatically assumed I was innocent in the whole thing. And yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, but I will say that I kind of got a little teary eyed, teary eyed, uh, kind of at the end of the film, um, when they were, excuse me, when they were doing the ritual and everything like that. And, like, some events happen and stuff. Um, there was a moment between between May and Ming. And and that, that one moment kind of, like, made me think of me and my mom. Because my mom are, is really, really close. 
So, and the whole fact of by the, okay, by the way, May's dad is fucking awesome. Oh yeah, he was <laughs> so and, and he was great. <laughs> Ming was always talking over him. I was like, "What do you think, honey?" And he was like, uh, well, "Well, I think uh, nope. See, your father agrees with me." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but the one moment where um May's dad was talking to May about like the video that she made and he's all like oh you made this and and she's like I'll delete it it's fine he's like no like I think it's cute like you really made me laugh so and he was like telling her you know if this is what you enjoy then why change it you know like you this is the the person in this video is honestly who you are so you don't have to get your mom's approval to be this perfect person so and then that's kind of when he started talking about Ming and between Ming and her mom and how they had a fight and everything and May was all like well how Ming's mom put pressure on her as like yeah, a kid and shit like that. Yeah. yeah. So like it's, it's kind of it's a generational thing and everything. And so that kind of like really I really liked that moment and and how and and how May was was afraid because she didn't want she didn't want the decision that she is making to change the relationship she had with her mom. So I definitely related to that point of the movie. Anything about it, right? It's a it's a whole separate it's a whole separate generational curse aside from the red panda curse. Yeah. It's a curse of this pressure that's getting put on. Yeah. You know, um from one family member so. to the other and it's the women, you know, it's like Mhm. Yeah. 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 So I re- I related to that like little tidbit on, you know, how May's dad was all like, you don't have to change, you know, you don't have to be this perfect, you know, prodigy child for your mother. Like, if you want to be, you know, your little wacky self, you know, do that. Yeah. So. I think that's, like, one thing that me and Danny relate on a lot is, like, well, Danny was an only child, right? But, like, Danny did not grow up liking all the same things her mom liked. So she became a little oh, black. Oh, for sure. She was a little black sheepish, right? So like me, I was definitely the black sheep of my family for sure. Not even just like in my immediate family, but like with just like everyone else. You know, like I, you know, liked uh, the emo stuff, the edgy stuff. I was really yeah. into like, I'm definitely the most like outgoing, the most like, you know, freakier person in like my family and so i a lot of the things that i like um no nobody in my family would like but then there's a lot same yeah there's yeah there's but then there's also a lot of things that me and my mom like the same there's a lot of things that me and my brother like the same that my mom wouldn't like there's a lot of things that me and my dad like the same that my brother and my mom wouldn't like. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. with each of them, I have, like, a thing, you know, I, like, two or three things that we share. But, like, I think that's how me and Danny relate to each other the most, and it's probably why we care about each other a lot, too, is because we're very black sheepish. And mm-hmm. it's another reason mm-hmm. why I, me and Trisha get along so well, too, is, so like, Trisha is a black sheep of her family. And so 
I think here's May, right? She's a newer generation of kid versus the the previous generations of, of, of women in her family. She's like, no, I'm into I'm not ashamed to be into boys. I like this kind of music, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and I like uh, this look, you know, and um, I'm not afraid to tell you that I'm feeling a certain way, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's what you're you're trying to say, right? Like that's the part. Yeah, you're that the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is great because like I didn't even really think about that now until you said it. But like, um, yeah, no, dude, absolutely, absolutely. And that's 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 wonderful because like, obviously, that's what makes the movie great, though, right? Because like, yeah, you you yourself, right, are actually me and you. We couldn't relate to the cultural part of it too much, um, you know, being Chinese or not, like, right? because we're not. Mm-hmm. But like the the other parts about parent to to kid relationship growing up growing up in the 2000s yeah that's yeah that's all the that's the part that we could relate to which is a lot of the fucking movie so yeah. like it didn't yeah. matter that we weren't part of the the culture because you could relate to it in other ways you and i could relate to it in other ways and i think that's why most people should be able to relate to this movie and that's what makes it so good yeah you know yeah for sure Everyone watch this movie. It's great. It's super fun. And even if you can't relate to it, fucking Red Pandas, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, right? Come on, Red Pandas. (laughs) The Red Pandas, dude. Like, I fucking can't, dude. I can't do it. Um, But yeah, like that, I think that was like the kind of the funny part of her, her family. It was like the the lore of like the, the the Red red, Pandas, the Red Pandas and their family protecting the temple of the Red Pandas. Yeah. And she would always yeah. rub the like the stat the belt the statue of the belly the statues yeah, yeah. the belly of the yeah. the red panda statue so funny but yeah like yeah. no other than that it's a great movie like you should just I feel like anybody would love it honestly it's just a really cute movie watch it with your kids maybe or you know I don't know we watch it with your parents watch it with your parents <laughs> like we we watched it me Trisha and Kate watched it on uh, the day before her birthday because Kate took us out to like a they took us out to dinner for Trisha's birthday, and then we we came back to my place and watched it. Oh, and nice! Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. Good. So, what would you rate it? Mm, so, like, it's not. It's like it. Like I said earlier, like I alluded to earlier, it wasn't like. Um, it's not like, an um, it's not like a super amazing Pixar film like some of the other ones. Yeah. That yeah. people might like. It's, I would feel like it's definitely not Coco standards. Yeah, yeah, Coco definitely, even that Peak, one. Peak, tier, high tier, yeah. Like, even that one being, like, a, a culturally Mexican thing, a lot of people still related to, like, the family values and the missing loved ones kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people yeah. related to that one as well uh, yeah. and loved Same it. Same thing with en- Encanto. And Encanto, yeah. And that, Coco and Encanto hit you in the, hit you really good. Where this yeah, one hits you yeah. hits you in different ways, and maybe ways you don't think about, but like, definitely not as good as those movies. Um, but I would rate it probably like straight up seven, probably just like a straight seven or mm, yeah, yeah, seven and a half I, probably. I, I yeah, yeah, seven point five. I feel like is a good, good area, good mm-hmm. medium, medium. If I like, if I'm being for real, I probably do like like a like eight or eight and a half just because i love pandas but like if i'm trying to be fair like seven and a half probably for sure yeah but yeah like yeah fucking that's red pandas. fair for sure yeah 
like a Bug's Life, ten out of ten because Bug Face Johnsons. Monsters Inc. <laughs> ten out of ten because Monster Face Johnsons. Finding Nemo, Fish Face Johnsons. I love fish. Ratatouille, <laughs> don't get me started. Like, oh my god, Ratatouille is so good. Ratatouille is so good, man. Anton Ego, Linguini, Linguini, Linguini. <laughs> but yeah, like if you guys like, let us know what other movies you want us to do cinematographies on. Uh, oh no, no, fucking Danny. Mm. Sorry, I do. I I didn't get your score. Did you say seven two or what did you say? Yeah, seven point five is good for me. Okay, yeah. then we agree. We agree. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. My bad. My bad. My bad. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Let us know the next movie you guys want us to do a cinematography on. Let Danny yeah. know or, you know, whoever. And, uh, I mean, I'm just... Probably me because then I'll just, like, bother someone and be like, yo, when are we going to Danny's been the one shit? that's, like, kind of setting them up. <laughs> yeah, she's the kind of the one who's been, ha- been having the ideas. And we here's the thing, too, is, like, we were talking about it for so long. Like, during Halloween, we were like, oh, well, let's do a horror movie. Which horror movie should yeah, we do? And we never and we did never it. Did. And I wanted to watch the sequel to The Craft. Because yeah, The Craft yeah. is one of my favorite movies. and uh, But I wanted to watch it with Trisha. And then Trisha was like, I don't know if I want to see it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I just kind of forgot to watch it. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I mean, who cares? We can do a horror movie anytime. But, like, you know, <laughs> just let us know. Like, you know, and if it's a newer movie, you'll have to it give us a little anything. bit. It could be anything. It could be anything. It could be an older movie. If it's a newer one that's, like, coming out in theaters, I definitely think, you know what we should do? Um. Mm. I found out on, you know, that big, like, newscast special I did? Yeah. I found out that Rick from Weebology is, like, a huge Sonic buff. Ooh. Like like me. So, like, we should do Sonic 2 review with <gasps> Ooh, him. Son- oh, okay. Well, before we do that, I have to watch the first one because I have not watched the first one yet. Yeah. We talked about the first one a little bit in our first cinematography episode, but it wasn't a, okay. it was, it wasn't a full review. Because, yeah, I remember I was – that Ooh, episode okay. I was – okay. Ooh, that gives me an idea. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm totally going to watch yeah. Sonic. Because <laughs> in that cinematography, I was just convincing Danny to go see it. I was like, no, you got to see it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like uh, it's – yeah. Sonic 2 is, comes out like uh, next week, I think, from when you're listening to this. Uh, April 8th. Yeah. It's, so so like, two weeks. Two weeks. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be a week from today when you – yeah. So – Yeah. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Anime Summit Podcast. Yeah. And then uh, enjoyed this extra bonus. Uh, yeah, But yeah, if you want to hear more, uh, tell Danny. Because Danny's kind of yeah, the one who's... tell me. Danny's kind of the cinematography idea person. She's been throwing me all the ideas. So, yeah, yeah. dude. Anyway. Shoot me. No. Tag me. <laughs> I think you Don't were, shoot me. I think you were trying to say shoot me the idea, right? But you, yeah. Yeah, you stopped and just said shoot me. <laughs> Fucking Danny. All right. Take us out of here. All righty. Well, thanks, Sam, for for uh, doing this with me. It's always fun doing these fun little outside anime kind of things with you. So... But uh, yeah, thank you again for listening. And like Sam said, give me the ideas and everything. And that's it. Later, guys. This is the Anime Sum Podcast. Woo woo. Woo woo. Bye. I love you. Bye.